FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Faux Mondays, the companion show to FOMO Sapiens, which, of course, will be back on Thursday with a full episode. But until then, happy Faux Monday, my favorite day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, back along, I did a Faux Mondays that was very popular about how to deal with narcissists. And I got some very good mail from a lot of people. And one of the people who wrote me was our old friend, Yael Melamed, who came on the show deep in the days of COVID. I know we don't talk about COVID because it's traumatizing, but she came deep in the days and we talked about Viktor Frankl and all these other stuff that we love to talk about on the show. And Yael has been my personal like narcissist Sherpa. I don't even can say that word anymore. It might be inappropriate. But anyway, she has been helpful to me. Think I know like Yael's laughing in the background, but she's helped me think through how to deal with narcissists because she does that in her work. And so she wrote me and she said, I love the episode. I have some thoughts. And you know what? I love thoughts. We all love thoughts here on Full Mondays. So I invited Yael to come and tell us about her work. Now, here's the story on Yael. She is a she is dedicated to helping people let go of suffering and actualize their potential. Her work is inspired by her own experiences of having cancer, which prompted her to re-examine her life and leave a 10-year business career to pursue a calling as a psychotherapist and leadership coach. She is licensed by the California Board of Behavioral Sciences and holds an MBA from Harvard Business School and an MA from the California Institute of Integral Studies. And outside of her clinical work, she is a writer, speaker, teacher, and mother. Yell, welcome back to Full Mondays. It's so good to see you, Patrick. I know. It's good to see you too. I, it's just great to be together with you. Okay. Let's talk about oof, this topic. We were talking to everybody before when we were kind of prepping up. It's like, we could talk, we could have like a whole podcast about this, which maybe you'll do someday. But uh, why is this topic near and dear, not near and dear, but why is it so interesting and important to you? Yeah. It's important to me because I actually see that narcissism is sort of the root of evil in our world. It's something I've just sort of come on through my work. It's not like I was planning to be the narcissist buster or anything, but I've just seen it mm -hmm. as the source of abuse in so many domains. I mean, personal, emotional, business, political, climate, you name it. If you dig in and you look at who is making decisions that are harmful, who is creating pain, Usually it starts with someone with this type of personality disorder. And so it's kind of an emerging area of activism. I consider it to be a really important thing to surface the truth and eradicate abuse in our world. Yeah. And the thing is, and we, you know, one thing we should say is that Yael is not going to diagnose people here. That would not be appropriate. And I am not a professional in this, you know, I'm not going to sit here and diagnose people. But what I would say is, 
I'm going to feel pretty comfortable diagnosing Vladimir Putin as a narcissist. <laughs> I mean, people like that, those personalities uh, of folks in the business world and the government world, and maybe in your personal world that are just really destructive. And we'll talk about what that looks like, but there, this is like, is the problem of our times. I've become speaking with y'all and just like sort of thinking about the world. I have become more and more convinced that this personality type is sort of like messing everything up. Yeah. You, you would agree with that. Would you not? I would agree with that. And when we talk about this personality type, you're talking about actually quite a few different personality types. Um, there's narcissism, there's different types of narcissism, there's covert narcissism, there's um, grandiose narcissism, but malignant narcissism is the one that's like really, really destructive. The other ones might seek importance or um, you know, lack empathy, but malignant narcissism actually tends to be a combination, a hybrid with sociopathy or antisocial behavior, which is, you know, narcissism is really popular and that's a word we're comfortable using. Sociopathy is less talked about, but yet it exists in 4% of our population. And some of the people that I won't diagnose because I'm not allowed to definitely suffer mm. from antisocial traits. So I just want to bring that in here. Um, but a lack of conscience is what drives an ability to kill um, and actually experience no guilt whatsoever, no remorse whatsoever. It occurs in 4% of our population. In business and politics, it's actually quite a bit higher. And so, yeah, here we are with these personalities that do what's unthinkable to most of us. Now, let's get into some of the definitions here, because I do think because you do have a clinical expertise, while you're not going to diagnose anybody, just understanding when you say malignant and then what you mean by sociopathy or sociopaths, like how do we define those terms? Yeah, I mean, everyone can go look up in the DSM for the exact traits, but I'll give you like a feeling tone. So, you know, there's a lot of love mm -hmm. narcissists walking around the world who are loving, who actually have good hearts and who are generally good people, but they're just kind of really self-focused. They see everything through their own filter. They lack empathy, so they're not as good at reading other people's emotions or necessarily responding to them, mm. but they're generally well-intentioned and good. They could be a little bit challenging to deal with, but you're not going to have anything crazy happening with them. Now, a malignant narcissist is different. Um, and this is a person who has all of the kind of trappings of wanting grandiosity, feeling that they're valuable or, or they need to be associated with really important people. But on top of it, they're very exploitive. They are in relationships for their own gain. They are very vengeful. They even take pleasure in other people's um, upset. And they'll go to great lengths and create great harm, particularly um, when it comes to getting revenge. No, people are fluid also, you know, like the DSM, which is our diagnostic tool exists because you need to make diagnoses, but people are way more fluid than that. And so there's a lot of overlap between malignant narcissism and um, antisocial personality. But the big, the big distinction between narcissists and antisocial people, antisocial sociopathy, you, you could 
call them either. People have very strong reactions to antisocial and sociopathy, and we can talk about why in a second. But the really big difference is that the brains of antisocial people are actually different. They have smaller risk centers. That's why they engage in such risk-taking behaviors. And they also don't process emotions. They are emotionless and they don't have a conscience. Mm. They have they have no um, intervening sense of obligation that stems from emotional attachment to other people. They actually don't have emotional attachments to other people. They may marry, they may do things like that, but they're actually not capable of love. They do those things just because it suits their desires, their agendas, and their needs. So you might see them, they might feel rage or anger if they're frustrated or they lose, but it's all from a very primitive kind of limbic system and they don't feel the range of emotions that most people do, whereas narcissists are capable of feeling a full range of emotions. All right. So yeah, let's, we're going to talk about that after the commercial break. So everybody stick around. We will get back into that right after this break. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos Fomo Sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, everybody, we are back with Yael talking about narcissism. And I'm really amazed. I didn't realize the physiological elements of this. But let's talk about how we kind of deal with this. I mean, because I think we've identified the problem. I'm sure while while you were hearing about these different types of things, you were imagining people, either famous people or just, you know, people you know, famous in your own life. But let's get into, I guess, just how do you deal with it? You know, first of all, maybe just before we get there, yeah, why, why are we all so sucked in by these narcissists? Because like there are a lot of really successful narcissists that are able to convince a lot of people to follow them. What's going on? Yeah, no, it's totally true. And by the way, not all narcissists like eat kidneys for lunch. You know, there's many nonviolent, let's call it malignant mm. narcissists. Um, but the reason that they pull us mm -hmm. in, first of all, they're very charismatic. They're known to be really charismatic. Um, and who doesn't like that, especially, you know, if we want some entertainment or we feel we're lacking that, they tend to have a spark of danger. And that's always attractive. Why do people like, you know, bad boys in a way? Um, the spark of danger is attractive, particularly if we don't have to take on the risks associated with the danger. This one's a little more psychologically complicated, but it's an issue around projected shadow. So we all have a really, we all have a shadow. We all have things that are deeply unconscious, things that we don't know and maybe don't even want to know about ourselves. And these people, they're like les enfants terribles. They walk around, they're outrageous. They do things that we would never do, but maybe in our shadow, we wish we could do it. I wish I could feel like I was that important and acknowledge my need and desire for validation or whatever else it is. And so 
you know, or I wish I could kill someone because I have so much suppressed rage that I'm way too polite um, to express. So there's a really complicated interplay between our own suppressed shadow and what these people are very comfortable expressing that creates an unconscious attraction. And finally, I think that if you find yourself in a pattern of being attracted to narcissists or antisocials, it's really important to look at your own self-esteem and, and work on that as well. Um, because a lack of boundaries and a low self-esteem can also be a really good fit for this type of personality. Wow. What about male versus female in terms of you know, you said 4% of the population. Is it, does it skew male, female uh, on, on that front? Well, so it's 4% of the population are antisocial. About 5% of the population are narcissists. And I think there are okay. female of both, but it tends to skew, you know, I think in presentation at the least, it tends to skew male. Um, just because our culture supports that because we do live in a somewhat misogynistic culture. And by the way, speaking of culture, we yeah. should I should note that the occurrence of sociopathy is only 10% in more collective societies like Japan and China. And there's a lot of debate about are their brains actually different or not? And although we don't know that for sure, the consensus is that we live in such an individualistic culture that it actually supports the occurrence of sociopathy and narcissism, whereas in more collective cultures, someone may have this in their brain, but they're taught that for social norms, you actually have to be polite and you have to think about the collective. And so they pretend. Wow, that is insane. Also less FOMO in collective cultures, by the way, everybody, I found in my research. Okay, so I mean, just it all comes back. So Yell, knowing all of this, what are your strategies to deal because we all know these people. Maybe you don't have to deal with, Vic, you know, Vladimir Putin on your daily. Well, we all have to deal with him in one sense, but not really. But you, you have the boss, you have the, the relative, you have the neighbor. You know, whatever that is. What are the things that one can do? Well, we definitely all have to deal with them because one in twenty-five people is, is a sociopath, and so whether or not we know it, and I think the biggest mm -hmm. problem is not knowing it. So what we have to do to deal with it is first mm. of all get really, really educated. I was working in a business where there was a huge blow up with a sociopath. And when I asked the leader, what would have been supportive for you in this situation? And by the way, it involved death threats and things like that. She said a better trained HR department um, because HR didn't know what they were dealing with. And that made it such an uphill battle um, in this situation. So that's the first thing, because if you don't know that you're dealing with someone like that, you're going to appeal to normal things like empathy. You're going to tell someone, Hey, that really upset me and think that they're going to respond. Whereas if they love knowing that they've upset mm -hmm. you, um, you're going to use a totally different strategy. So I would say that's number one. Number two is find a good advisor, whoever that person is, someone who really knows how to deal with this personality. It's kind of like an, it really is an art. It's a very specific way that you need to handle it. And so you're going to need to make a lot of changes, um, really tactical things, strong boundaries, very strong boundaries. These are people who thrive on changing the rules, constant shifting boundaries. If you can do it from the beginning, the strong precedents are really important. But if you can't, as soon as you figure it out, you need to just have very strong boundaries, not cave, stick with them. You need to take the emotion out and be very, very factual. Um, narcissists, you want to deplete them of their narcissistic supply. 
So every time they get an emotional reaction out of you, it's like scoring on a video game. You don't want to give that to them. You want to become a lot more boring. So those people you want to, I call it managing versus relating. You're not like sharing with them, telling them, actually trying to get to a consensus with them because they're all about them. But instead you turn into a position where I just need to manage them to get them to a certain place. Deal with your fear. That's something we haven't talked about, but a lot of times part of what happens is unconsciously you're terrified of this person. You don't know why. And so you just want to do whatever mm. they say because mm. you're so scared. And again, that's really unconscious. Um, and so you need to really work with that so that you can have the boundaries. Um, don't get pulled into the drama. That's kind of similar to what we've been talking about, but these people will create tons of drama, noise, distraction. They're really good actors. Um, and so you have to really stay strong in your core, stay with yourself and stay out of the drama. You know, you don't want to confront them just for the sake of confronting them. You can feel like strong senses of injustice or whatever. But again, knowing who this person is, don't confront them if you don't have to. Let them have small wins because they really thrive on winning. Let them think things are their ideas and actually behave with respect and empathy as much as possible um, because you don't want to poke the bear. I mean, you may have to poke the bear, but you reserve that for times where there's no other choice. So it's really important to do a lot of self-care, have maintain your stability, your clarity of thoughts, figure out how to not be afraid um, and really stand in your power. And What's really interesting is when I've worked with people who've kind of had to go through this process, they tell me at the end, I never thought I would say this, but thank you to whoever that person was for making me become this clear, this strong, this stable, and this smart in a certain way. All good advice. And I think, you know, the big takeaway here is, you know, it's knowing and being able to spot these behaviors and protect yourself is half the battle. Now, if you want to learn more about Yale's work, you can go to her website and she can advise you, by the way, this is what she does. So if you're in this situation, she'd be somebody good to reach out to. You can find her at yellmelamed.com. That's Y-A-E-L-M-E-L-A-M-E-D.com. And Yell, I, I understand you're thinking about writing a book on this topic. So t tell us what how we can support you on that. Well, I'm looking for collaborators. I think this is one of the most important issues of our time and the source of a lot of other important issues being solved. And I'm looking for collaborators who'd be interested in a media project and activism around this. So if anyone is interested, please reach out. All right. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And everybody, until Thursday, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.